It's the Big CPA Show with your host, Sam Schaefer. Hey now, welcome everyone to the Big CPA Show. I am your host, the Big CPA himself, Sam Schaefer. Thank you so much for making this podcast a part of your day. Uh, In a couple of minutes, you'll hear uh, my interview with Keith James. He is the managing partner at Mid-Atlantic CPAs, and he is a tax expert. Uh, The interview will cover tax issues for both individuals and businesses, and we'll also delve into uh, entrepreneurship and what it takes to start your own business, not just your own CPA firm, but any kind of business. It was really a good conversation. Before we get into it, though, I'd like to apologize in advance for the sound quality. Uh, I messed up during the call on the audio. It's 100% my fault. Uh, Keith did a great job during the interview. Unfortunately, because of my amateurness uh, in, in running a podcast, he sounds like he's in another room, but it's certainly not his fault, and I'd like to ask that you not hold that against him. Uh, it's a great interview. You can still hear him, but uh, his voice isn't as strong as it normally is. Uh, anyway, without further ado, here is Keith James to talk taxes. So I'm pleased to be joined today by Keith James. Keith is a partner at Mid-Atlantic CPAs, a full-service CPA firm, and uh, he's just he's been gracious enough to uh, to join us today to talk a little tax with us. Keith, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. I appreciate your time. Uh, Mid-Atlantic CPAs, like I mentioned, is is the name of your firm. Can you tell us a little bit about this firm? Sure. Um, our firm's been in existence for about three years now. Okay. Uh, my partner Ryan and I started it. We were both co-workers, and we decided to start our own CPA firm. Mm-hmm. Um, we service uh, a broad range of customers, homeowners associations, all the way down to individuals and everything mm. in between. Uh, we don't bite off more than we can chew because it's kind of our side game. Sure. It's, it's a passion project of ours that we're doing. Right. You know, we do probably over 250 individual tax returns, have about 15 to 20 monthly clients that pass what you would you consider a monthly recurring charge right it's for all sorts of services that we provide and everyone's kind of uh, different what we do for each client sure uh, do you do any corporations or any LLC's LLP's any other business we do LLP's LLC's corporations S corporations nonprofits. so we kind of go across everything interesting and, and do you do you assist clients with setting those things up for example if they wanted somebody wanted to establish an LLC or, or set up you know a partnership or go into business for themselves is that something your firm could assist with yep that's something that we do on a uh, pretty much a monthly basis now as we're attaining more business clients we're constantly setting up LLPs LLCs S corporations even changing entity statuses Wow well, when the time when the time comes where we have to change somebody, where we have to change someone from an LLC to S corp to you know do more tax savings initiatives. Interesting. You know, one of the neat things about CPAs, or maybe one of the more misunderstood things, I guess, about CPAs is that people think, well, they work until April 15, and then afterwards. They're just sort of twiddling their thumbs until the next tax season comes around. And we're, of course, 
little less than a year away from April 15, 2017. Um, obviously, there's a lot that's going on now for people. What, what should individuals be doing in terms of tax planning? What should businesses be doing? What should people be doing now uh, to get ready for tax season? Sure. So you know, every individual will have different circumstances, of course. We like to encourage people to do a, a check-in starting in July. What we'll do is we'll reach out to clients and just say, hey, how you doing? Anything changed for you? Any major life you know, instances where mm-hmm. maybe they got married, maybe they had a kid, maybe you know, someone unfortunately passed away, anything like that. I mean, everyone has to be on top of their taxes. It's the number one thing you're going to pay in your lifetime is taxes. Mm. You're going to pay more taxes than you'll ever pay anything else in your lifetime. Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah. Most most people will pay, you know, a lifetime taxes, you know, starting from the age of 18 to 62. Let's say sure. you make the median income in America. You'll probably pay roughly, um, you know, upwards of $250,000, which are probably more than your house. Wow. If, if, you, if you really sit down and do the numbers and really think about it. So sure. everyone should try to be as organized as possible, try to stay on top of it, maybe do a quarterly check-in. Like I said, we, we started this thing in our class where we could kind of do a half year, we calibrate stuff coming out of their, uh, their the withholdings coming out of their checks. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we start to try to coach people on that, you know, doing the large refund that they get of eleven, twelve, fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars is not good because it's an interest-free loan. Sure. To the state's government. Yep. Um, from the business side, we're looking when our business clients, you know, we have a pulse of what they're doing monthly, weekly, and what we try to do from there is do you know good estimated tax payments, which are due four times a year, mm-hmm. and just making sure that they're staying you know on schedule with those to see if they're spiking in revenue or making sure they're putting enough aside that there's not a big tax surprise come April. You know, fifteenth of twenty seventeen. Yep. For the twenty sixteen year, so we kind of stay on top of people. Really encourage them to really think about it, even if it's only thirty minutes a month. Really think about your business and kind of set some, you know, tax goals up. Sure. You know, what are the consequences? I guess when when you have clients who are disorganized or clients that don't do these thirty minute um, check ins, and then suddenly. January, February comes around and they're scrambling. What what happens there? There are there are plenty of people who lose opportunities. Mm. You know, one of the opportunities is maybe they didn't match up their 401k enough, right? Wow. So let's say they made more money this year and they only put in, you know, seven percent. You know, those are opportunities that they have. Or someone, we have plenty of people come to us on, you know, April April 10th, April 12th. Wow. And they'll say to us, you know, what else can we do? You know, and at that time period, you're like, oh, well, all we have left we can really do is an IRA, yeah. you know, deposit that you can do to, to, to reduce your taxes if they're eligible. And even at that point, you're just like, this is kind of a, you know, futile exercise. But, sure. um, you know, people come to us and, you know, that they can lose out on, you know, making the tax payments when they're supposed to, which and they'll receive an underpayment penalty and an underestimate penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, be it small, it's still something, right? You know, you sure. want to make sure. We want to make sure everyone keeps every dollar in their pocket that is, you know, legally theirs. Right. That's our job. So. Yeah, and in, in, in our jobs as CPAs, as I've always thought of it, is, is to increase their wealth, right? Is to help them not only pay, you know, decrease their tax liability, but to increase their their overall wealth and it sounds like that's something you folks do 
uh, very well for people. Uh, what about for businesses? You know, what can businesses do now? What can businesses do in September? What can businesses be doing throughout the year to mitigate their tax liability and to better plan for the tax season? Sure, there, there's, there's a couple of things that, that we talk about with our clients that they can do. Uh, one of the things is staging their income and expenses. So they might have a project, let's say someone comes to us in September or October, mm -hmm. let's say they get a large deposit, right, if they're a cash basis taxpayer. Right. And they might get a $100,000 deposit, let's say it's one of our construction clients. You know, we'll make sure they order all those materials to offset that as you know, offset that revenue as much as we can to decrease their tax liability. Mm. There are plenty of people that we took over that had that mismatch happening that we're not getting that kind of you know support because they never really signed up to have a CPA before they were going to HR block, which is that's not mm -hmm. a HR block. It's just that they're not going to help you plan. They're not around all your law. That's right. So you know, from that perspective, it's not like they can call up and say, hey, whatever. Or, or text you, or tweet you, or mm -hmm. send you a Facebook message to you know Mr. H and R Block. You know our clients do that, and they're like, you know, what can I do? Like I'm getting, I'm receiving this large check. What do I do? Well, you know, let's make sure. You know, what else do you need in your business that we can spend money on? You know, mm -hmm. so we kind of kick the can down the road, but that's really tax planning, right? Sure. So what kind of cash, you know, payout you have availability to do now versus what you have availability to do in the future. Mm. So the other thing that we encourage you know, people to do inside of their businesses is to set up some kind of retirement strategy, you know, which is, becomes a write-off inside the business, be it a simple IRA, you know, be it a 401k, you know, solo plan, right. do those types of things to make sure that they're maximized not only, only retirement savings but also tax savings at the same time. Mm. So there's plenty of things along the way that they can do. Uh, you know, also, even though we don't sell, because we don't sell any products, we're, we're we're not you know anywhere in the selling business of any products that we do. But you know, sure. we make sure people you know think about life insurance, umbrella policies, you know things that most people really don't talk about with any you know plain Jane tax preparer that sure. they're not engaged with on a monthly basis. It's you know you need life insurance. Oh, you need life insurance on your spouse at home. Oh, why do I need that? Because if you die tomorrow. That spouse needs to, you know, you know, fill the void that you are making. So, mm -hmm. plenty of conversations to have, you know, to entrench yourself in the business to help them out to make sure they're maximizing, you know, their tax strategies on a monthly basis. Yeah, and that and that's really the value I think that a CPA, especially a CPA with your firm, and it sounds like you guys do a lot of good work, can bring. Right, is you are. You know, people think, okay, I, I just want to pay the least amount in taxes, and that's what a CPA can do for me. But it sounds like you, and this is a good thing, you're looking for, at the big picture, right? For your clients, it's not just we're going to mitigate your tax liability. Is we are going to look at the big financial picture. We're going to look at insurance. We're going to look at real estate and maybe other investments and other things that you have and ultimately try to look at your client's big financial picture. Is that an accurate, I guess, description yeah, of what well, you do? That's absolutely accurate. So it's it's kind of a holistical approach because, mm -hmm. again, every client's different, right? Some clients don't want to talk about life insurance. That's mm -hmm. fine. And then, then you pass over it, you glaze over it. And there's, there's plenty of people we help with, you know, just operation type things or contracts or connecting, you know, helping them network to get right. to the correct people that they, they may need. So it's something that, you know, we strive on a daily basis is when someone says, hey, I need to do that, we connect them with another client. Mm. You know, we refer, we refer them inside of our network of people we know or other people that we support 
and it's you know it's great to see when you can connect those people and you can see wow it's a great relationship that you just helped them you know create so it's something that you know we, we take pride in is to be able to you know increase the value of both sides of businesses when we're doing those types of things that's fantastic and yet it's, it's one of the misconceptions I think in the accounting profession is that CPAs sit with the green you know green hat in a corner and just uh, you know crunch numbers all day and and I, that's what I love to hear from you and it's, it's the message when I speak to high schoolers about the profession is that we are very much of a people-centered profession and you'd be surprised how much we deal with people and oh, really yeah and try to get down to the crux of their problems and understanding hey how can we help help you succeed financially Yep, and we go through all sorts of life events. You know, we just had a customer text us last night. You know, they're getting divorced. And, you know, it was like, how can we help you do what you need to do? Wow. Step of the way. So we've been through plenty of them. You know, there's, you know, sad to see. But Mm -hmm. at the same point, you know, you need to support your client at every step. And, you know, we've gained some knowledge along the way. You know, I've never personally been through a divorce. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I've done now probably 15 to 20 clients that have them. You know, over the last three years, and you start learning some things, and you share with them, you know, tips as they're going through divorce from a financial perspective. That is great. Um, talk to me if you if you can about IRS developments. Has has the IRS come out with anything new within the last year or so that maybe you share with your clients, or that maybe our listeners should be aware of? Yeah, they're always they're always releasing. Um, you know, new information or as tax laws change. I mean, there's a IRS new new tax law center right on their website, mm-hmm. and you know, some of that doesn't affect 99.8 percent of the population that actually does income taxes. Some of them are very, you know, mm-hmm. hidden in the tax code, you know, big corporation type of tax things, or mm-hmm. you know, a form that like you know, no one fills out. To be quite honest with you, mm-hmm. but from that perspective, the biggest thing that we saw this year that people have to really be aware of is in 2016, you know, the, with the Obamacare and the ACH laws that yep. came into effect from, you know, 2012, 2013, 2016's a kind of a big year. You're, you're now starting to really tilt into the penalty. Right. You know, 695 per adult or 2.5% of, you know, income. Mm. So it can be a pretty stiff penalty for people not having health insurance and not getting going into you know, the exchanges to purchase something. But, mm. you know, those are some conversations we have with clients where we'll help them calculate that and then they'll go out to the exchange and they'll be like, okay, I'll take the penalty instead of getting any health insurance. There's there's plenty of our tax clients who have zero health coverage. Interesting. Who choose to do it because they, they're gaming it in their head from a financial standpoint. Now, of course, you know, they're gambling. Sure. You, know, you, you never know. Yeah. You know, but they look at it and say, oh, I've been healthy for five years, and, you know, you're telling me it's a 695 pension plus 2% of my income. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that might be $6,000, but it might cost me $18,000 to get coverage. Mm. And so, so they take they take the chance and say, well, we'll just um, take the penalty we'll, we'll and cash all their services. Yep. Wow. Interesting. I, I didn't realize there were that many people out there who, who, who did that. We have quite a few clients who are doing it, yes. Interesting. Are most of your clients in the Mid-Atlantic region, or do you have clients scattered? They're scattered, but primarily since we're located in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, we have a lot of more local clients that we picked up just from our own social networks that we have. But, you know, 
we have, you know, in 23 states right now, we have clients. Wow. So that is that is great. Yeah, we're 100% virtual firm. Uh, no one sees us. We're not very pretty to look at. So <laughs> I think people are happy with that. They don't have to see us. So how does that work being a 100% virtual firm? We'll say somebody has their W-2s, they have tax documents, um, receipts. Do they scan and send them to you? Do they drop them in the mail? How does that work? So it's, it's across the board. Mm -hmm. So we have people who are comfortable with text messaging those to us with a picture. You know, put it down on their counter and take a picture. Right. There's people who scan them in with their scanner and send them over and drop them in the Google Drive or Smart Vault, mm. depending on their level of security that they need to be doing. And then there's other people who will actually drop stuff off in the mail, and they're very comfortable with that. They'll just put it in the mail and send it to us in the mail and spend two bucks, and sure. then we'll get that documentation. We scan everything back in because we keep all of our documentation, mm -hmm. and then from you know that, that perspective, we send them everything back if they wish to have it. Do you see that being the future of of accounting firms? You're not the first firm I've heard that is either mostly or all virtual. It seems like that's becoming more of a trend. Do you see that becoming in the profession more of a uh, maybe the future of CPA firms? I I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope clients interact like that. I mean, think about the generation. You know, I'm 38. Think about the generation that's graduating just now from college is 22 right they stare at their phone 80 hours a day so mm, true you know, that's how they interact with people that's how they interact in business and that's how they're going to interact as they become older yeah so we have we have plenty of clients we you know we actually have one high schooler as strange as it sounds wow we do his taxes because he has a, a very lucrative twitter business and has a very lucrative e-commerce business and everything with him is through twitter how great is that Wow. Our communications are through Twitter, and then text messages for documents. And, and I gotta think a less nimble firm, a firm that is—I don't want to say stuck in the 20th century, but a firm that just hasn't gotten the, the message that you guys have gotten, and that is, we are in a virtual world by and large. And that that another firm could not have handled that client. And and I think it's great that you guys had the foresight to to, to pick up a client like that. Yeah, we see it all the time. We actually looked at purchasing a firm last year. Mm. The gentleman was, was retiring. He was in his 80s. And when we really dug into the books and looked at the demographics, most of his clients were in their 70s. So 80% mm. of his clients were in their 70s, and everyone was a drop-off client. Wow. So there was no way we could support if we were to purchase that business because there's no way we're changing someone who's 70. Sure. You know, we're not changing the way they transact. That's it's just not going to happen. Yep. You know, there'll, there'll be a handful of people who'll be like, yeah, cool, you know, I'll, I'll go on my email and send you something. But that generation, it's generational. And we understand that. We understand demographics. We look at it. Sure. And, you know, we're, you know at the end of the day, yes, we're CPAs, but we're business people. You know, CPA firms a business. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's is. why, you know, you know, we feel we're entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. right? And that's why we, we talk well with entrepreneurs because we get it, you know. We do entrepreneurial stuff inside of our firm all the time just as much as everyone else is doing it inside their businesses. Sure. And I think that people get that as they talk to us and, you know, we give advice or, you know, we say some crazy stuff. Like we tell them, you know, fire a client. They'll be like, what, you fire people? Like, yeah, we fire, you know, four clients a year. Wow. We go through and... We say which client costs us the most time, and we're gonna have to say, you know, unfortunately, we love you, 
but we just can't support you anymore. Is is that the, the litmus test, I guess, on when you fire a client is when they cost you too much time, too much energy? I guess, what does it take to fire a client? Uh, make me angry, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it comes down to how much time you're spending with them, mm. right? So, you know, they have to understand they're there to make money, we're here to make money, and, you know, especially with a business, not really individuals, there are some individuals who are, you know, that we do have to say, you know, we, we really can't support it from a tax perspective, right. because those are the people who are, like, on the cusp, that they really need the business support, but they're not willing to pay for it yet, Right. yet they want to talk about the individual tax returns and hand us you know some documents and create a schedule see kind of themselves and say here's what my business looks like and then it's kind of like they don't want to take that next step into like you know a yearly kind of subscription of what we do mm. and then they're asking all these questions that we would typically support inside of our business package sure so those are the ones that you know we look at and say well you know you pay me you know let's say $500 for a tax return for mm. your LLC or S Corp tax return and now you're asking me you know, 25 hours worth of questions. Wow. You know, there's other people who get that value for paying for every month and have that access, and now you're kind of asking it. So those are the people, either we have the conversation saying, you know, you have to switch over to the business plan and let us take over everything for you because you're asking those types of questions and we want to help you, or if you just want to do individual taxes, we're going to let you go somewhere else. Because mm. I, I can't spend 25 hours with you when there's someone else who's paying me for those 25 hours. That is so true. So... And you know, I think a new entrepreneur would not know that or, or would learn that lesson the hard way. Is that something you kind of always knew is that there are certain clients that you just need to cut bait with? And is, or is that something you kind of had to learn the hard way? Is that something you were taught? Because I'm not sure every entrepreneur quite gets that. We are, we are in a good position where we can practice it. I think a lot of people know that. Mm -hmm. But I think when you start up, you're hungry for business, so sure. you haven't learned how to say no yet. Mm. Right? There's a lot of entrepreneurs who can't say no because you know they want that contract, they want that work, they want to get their feet in there, they want to get it wet, they want to say, "Look, I got a client," you know, and it might not be the optimal client for them, but that's the, that's their livelihood, right? They got to pay the bills. Sure, we're, we're in a good position since it's our side business where we can actually practice it. Mm. Right? If I let go of five people tomorrow, I'm still feeding my family. If an entrepreneur lets go of five people, that could be 50% of the revenue. True. So that, that's, you know, it's a balancing act. So we're able to practice it in our business only because we have the ultimate backup plan of having full-time jobs. Right. You know, one of the big, that's just, I'm glad you bring up entrepreneurship because that, that's one of my favorite themes in this podcast series uh, is to discuss starting up someone's own business. We had a couple of podcasts to go, Katie Tolan who really was just an excellent series on uh, marketing for CPA firms. And we got into a discussion on how she became an entrepreneur. And I guess I was hoping you could maybe just delve into your journey to entrepreneurship. Did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Um, I think it's something that, you know, from a young age, I probably knew I would probably do something like that. Mm. Um, you know, I was very heavy into the baseball cards and comic books and, you know, sure. going out to New York City and buying them and bringing them back to Pennsylvania where I lived where there wasn't really 
a lot of baseball card dealers, comic book dealers. Right. They're buying it in Europe for two dollars and selling it here for four. Mm. So you know, I, I I kind of had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, you know, at that at that young age, and right. um, you know, in my earlier life, had started um, a cash flow note business where I was actually started a company that brokered notes on real estate mm. and connected people to do that, and that's when I was like twenty three years old. Wow. So, you know, did a couple of them. It wasn't super successful, but I would never say anything's a failure because you fail every day. Sure. So from that perspective, you know, it's learning. You know, you, you take little nuggets out of everything that you do and you say, wow, I did that wrong, I did this wrong, and that's how I failed. And then you tweak. And I think that's what entrepreneurs do, right? They fall they, they fall forward or sure. they fail forward and they say, you're like, oh, yeah, that sucked. And let me change it and tweak it and, you know, redo it again. And I don't think enough people do that where they're afraid of the fear and the failure. Mm. You know, if we fall flat on our face, we'll admit it, and you pick yourself up and you do it all over again. So, is that the biggest obstacle you think for, for people who might want to be entrepreneurs? Maybe ha- they have these fantasies, but they don't because they're afraid of failing. You th- do you think yes. that's it? Yeah. Yep. It, it happened with one of our business clients. He was a very good plumber. He sold very well. He was very polished when he came into my own house. That's how I met him. And he was bartending at nighttime because he was offsetting, you know, saying he couldn't make enough money in his business. Mm -hmm. I convinced him in 2013, beginning of 2013, to quit his bartending job. I said, you know, you sell very good. I said, you are not like a normal plumber. You, You were very skillful. I said, but you have a sales side that most plumbers don't have. Right. I said... So you need to really lean into that. And that year, in 2012, we did $65,000 worth of business. The next year, we did 410000 Wow. Because he just Because he was too, too busy at nighttime bartending mm-hmm. and thinking he had to make money that way because he wasn't making enough in the business instead of really sitting down and saying, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Or how can I make it better? Or he was afraid of winning. Wow. And that's what it really was. He was afraid of you know winning. It sounds weird, but... Being successful and doing like you know, can he keep it up? Can he keep making more money? Which I think people get into that crook, and then there's also the fear of him not doing it and then failing and then having to go bartend full time because the plumbing business doesn't, you know, work out for him. Mm. But you know, I said to him like, if it doesn't work out, you still have such a useful skill that someone else would hire you. Absolutely. As a plumber, so don't ever think that you can never go back to do that. So. And when he said, you know, really sat down and thought about it, I was like, yeah, you know, someone else would hire me or I would just start another company or, you know, I could do those types of things. So. It would be a life experience, absolutely. Yep. What, I, one of the obstacles I hear from people, and I've heard this most of my life, from people who say, I would love to start my own business, but I have a mortgage, I have children, I have a car payment, I want to send my kids to college someday, but if I stop saving... Uh, and start this business, I'm going to be in trouble. What are some financial tips you have or maybe some advice on perhaps overcoming that obstacle? I would say if someone would sit there and say that they can't do it, mm-hmm. it's just do it. Yeah. You know, instead of sitting there and, you know, saying that you can't do it, ju- just do it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, financially, you know, 90%, I think it was the last time I saw the stat, I'm not really sure off the top of my head, you know, of, you know, startup businesses bootstrap it, mm-hmm. you know, not going out and taking out loans or, you know, doing anything, you know, 
money intensive. They're kind of just starting with their own sweat equity. Right. Don't be afraid to work and don't be afraid to just go do it. And, you know, learn some time management skills in there because it's very important to, uh, you know, to be effective and, and productive in the time. So I think people are really afraid of that overall. Like they're afraid of, you know, doing the sweat equity and nothing coming out of it. But if you didn't try, you would never know if it didn't work anyway. So if they have an inclin inclination to go do it, and you know, maybe save some money, wait on it. Some people will say I've seen people do that before, mm -hmm. and, and it's worked out for them. You know, but like even with our CPA firm, we just started it. We didn't know if we were going to get any clients. We sure. honestly didn't know. We we had no clue. We're like we're going to start the CPA firm, and you know you're going to call on people that you know first. I think what you guys do, what you guys are doing is smart in that it, you call it your side business or your side hustle that you still have. Uh, you're working full time, and, and do you ever have people say, "Well, how do you find time for that? How do you make time?" Because obviously, you're a family man, you have children. Yep. How do you make time? You time management. So cover that time mm. management. I have five children. My wow. partner Ryan has four, so we have nine kids between us. You know, there's there's plenty of baseball, soccer, church activities, summer camps. Um, you know, recitals, plays, chorus, concerts, all those types of things. It's called having a calendar and batching what you do. Mm. So from a batch perspective, it's, okay, you do your corporate job and, you know, you're over by six, you, you know, then you do your family thing, always make sure you carve out the time, make sure you never come in on something we try not to do. Right. It's very hard to do, but you have to do it and just say, you put down your phone and say, this is the time we have for the family. It's it. You know, mm. nine, you know, six to nine thirty, whatever it may be. Yep. And then maybe from 10 to 12, you take that two, that, that two hours and you do tax returns or whatever needs to be done for clients, and you kind of create systems behind the scenes. Mm. And that's what we've done for ourselves is kind of like, you know, leverage technology and making workflow. And what we're trying to do now, just to let you know, it's, it's kind of in the works as we do it, is we're trying to create workflow behind the scenes that we can replicate ourselves. Mm. That way we hire people to do what we do, and we can go out and attain more clients. So it's kind of like the secret sauce that, you know, everyone kind of does as they start to grow. You know, you have to sit down and say, this is the procedures, this is how we do it, this is the standard responses, or anything like that. And I think people have to take the time to do that. It's a little investment, right? Sure. And you got to sit there and you got to do those things to make sure that you can start replicating yourself because as you, it's, it'll never be scalable if it doesn't. Well, that's so true. There's the risk of burnout, I guess, if you don't too, right? If, if you're oh, not building processes. Absolutely. Uh, my partner will never answer an email or talk to anyone on a Sunday. That's mm. the day of recharge and that's family day. Sure. Um, so there, there's you know productivity tips that are in there, right? Lunchtime. You know, instead of you know eating lunch and hanging out at the water cooler, if you have a passion or side project, that's your that's your time to, to do it. That hour. Mm. So That's a lot right. of people like you know lose that or you know when I was you know work, working in the corporate world and studying for for a CPA maybe did the same thing right lunchtime was study time sure right this is no different in business so lunchtime is a time to call a client right. why not yeah it's that time time management isn't it That's that right. is time the key management. that is Absolutely. that is fantastic and and you've been successful. And I just, I just think you're an inspiration. You and your firm are just really inspiring, and, and I just can't thank you guys enough for, can't thank you enough, I should say, for, for coming on to this podcast. If, if any of our listeners would like to get a hold of you, what would be the best way for them to reach you? The best way to reach us is 
do you can go to our website at www.midatlanticcpas.com. You can find us on Facebook, Mid Atlantic CPAs, or you can actually give me a phone call. On my, my cell phone number five seven zero two six nine two four two seven. Uh, just don't call me after 1 a.m. and don't call me before 5. <laughs> Four-hour window. You, you try to Four sleep. Four-hour window. That's all I need to sleep. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, Keith, again, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your insights not only on taxes but on the accounting profession and on entrepreneurship. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the time too, Sam. We, we appreciate you and excited that you have your podcast up and running. It's awesome. Great. Well, thanks again. Thank you. And that's our show. Big thanks to Keith again for taking time out of his busy schedule uh, to meet with me. He gets more done in 24 hours than I think any CPA I've ever met. The man is very busy, so for him to take the time to come in and really share his wealth of knowledge, not only about taxes, but about business, about entrepreneurship, and just about his passion for helping people and businesses achieve their full potential. Uh, just for, for taking the time to do that, I can't thank him enough for, uh, for lending his assistance to my little podcast. If you'd like to reach out to Keith with tax questions, uh, you can look up his firm. You can reach him on the web. It's www.midatlanticcpas.com. You can also follow Keith on Twitter, and I would highly encourage you to do that. His Twitter handle is at xxxkeithjamesxx. Uh, he puts a lot of good stuff out there on Twitter, not only for CPAs, but for anyone interested in business or in taxes. Now, if you have a topic that you'd like to see covered on the Big CPA Show in a future podcast, feel free to reach out to me. My email address is info, that's I-N-F-O, at SchaeferCPA.com. That's spelled S-H-A-F-E-R-C-P-A dot com. Or if your business needs assistance with GAP accounting, feel free to reach out to me as well. Big thanks again to Keith, and thank you for listening to this podcast. The Big CPA Show's opening theme is TKO by American Viral. The closing theme is Let Me Go by The Wellspring. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and never miss an episode.